Hello and welcome to the lunch table. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, tonight it's just me and my buddy Sparky trying Hello. to break some bread. Yep. So, man. Yeah. So, how was your week so far? My week? Oh, dude. It, my week's been crazy. Uh, I know. I know. Dude, it's been full. So, not only have we been trying to do, like, this whole podcast thing mm -hmm. and, like, you know, not not only did we re research for, like, new microphones, computers, and been looking for all that, but you know, at the same time, I've been having some uh, uh, family issues. You know, someone in my family has been passing away, uh, oh, dying yeah. of cancer, and it's, uh, yeah, that's something to watch, you know? Yeah. My that's condo uh, My condolences. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, out of all the weeks... This this ain't particularly the best, but there is some good news. Um, my other business, I'm an exterminator, uh, and and it's just my boss Adam and I that that run the place. Well, now we're getting so big, we're actually about to buy a building. Nice. So that's pretty cool, you know. I guess with every with every good comes a little bad, a little yin yang, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But so I mean, I'm surviving. Good. I can't complain too much, I guess. How about yourself? Uh, well, um, I'm still, th this has been my last week of not working. Um, last week, both my parents tested positive for COVID-19 and yeah, uh, of course I live with them. So yeah. uh, I tested negative, which doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> well, you know them great tests. I mean, I, I guess I live in a different part of the house than they do. And we, we were careful once my mom started showing symptoms, but right. Uh, but even with a negative test, my, my work came back and said, you know, no, you got to quarantine for the, the whole 10 to 14 days. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they like to do that. You, you probably didn't catch it because you were down in the basement. Yeah. Corona only flies. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that's been my week. I've just been uh, working on my school stuff and not really looking forward to getting back to work, but looking forward to, to getting paid again, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> work. Who, who honest? Well. I don't know. Work's such a, a I, thing. I used like, to look forward to, to going to work when I had an interesting job. Like when I worked at the park, I got up every morning and was like, oh, yes, yeah. I get to go to work. Well, you got the, you worked at a zoo. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Well, uh, who doesn't? Like, so talking about that, working at a zoo, dude, real yeah. quick. What are three, like, awful things about working there that no one would realize till they worked there? Um, it, You pick up a lot of poop. First of all, first and foremost, let me assure you, you pick up a lot of feces. You're a professional poop picker-upper. Huh? Yes. Pooper-scooper. Um, also, some of the animals tend to get a little handsy. Um, I, I don't know if you know what a Kawadi Mundi is. Um, it, it's in the raccoon family, but it's from uh, South South America. Okay, so what does it kind of look like? Is that the ones that are like a brown raccoon-looking thing with dark eyes? They, they look... Almost like a raccoon, except their bodies are, like, slimmer and their faces are more elongated. Okay, okay, so kind of like a spitz yeah. compared to a hound. Yeah, they're, they're basically the, the Mexican trash panda, you know. Right. But, yeah, um, I, I was told my first day working with them, you know, if you have to go in, go in with food. Go in with food to distract them. And, you know, my, my dumbass, I walked in with nothing... And I had, like, a half a dozen of these little monsters just climbing all over me, trying to... One tried to climb into my pants. <laughs> he Can I was, you imagine <laughs> having to explain that in the hospital? Like, excuse me, Doc, but... 
he climbed, I've got bad scratches. He climbed up my leg, into my pant leg, and he was like bungee jumping with my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, but now I stack uh, boxes part-time for FedEx, and that really sucks. Yeah, dude, that's that's awful. I used to work a job in a factory, dude. I would sit there all day doing this one part over and over and mm-hmm. over. And I'm sitting there like, is this really what humans are meant to do? No, it's Is not. this really like the peak, you know, <laughs> of, of me being human? Is, is this really like what I'm supposed to do all day? No, we're, we're not supposed to be doing the same thing over and over again for six to eight hours a day. No, I mean, it, yeah, I agree with you. And, and it, it, I don't want to get too far off in a tangent here you know different different (laughs) days different days but yeah you know it's one of those things you really got to think about it is it really that bad if robots took that job yeah yeah that's one of the ethical considerations i guess right like is just just to say hey let's just to keep jobs around is it worth keeping crappy jobs around i guess right is what i'm getting at but you know different that's that's where a whole different episode. We'll make a whole different episode about that. Yeah. But, uh, so uh, let's segue into this. You you you've been sending me some interesting stories. Yeah, the I weekend. have. Uh, it's, uh, you know, and the one the one that I find real interesting was the dinosaur fossils on the moon. Yes, I <laughs> I saw that and I I kind of knew that it would it would catch your eye. Yeah, that. Okay, so first off, it caught my eye because then I started thinking about, you know, dinosaur astronauts. Mm. <laughs> or dinosaurs just, are they, is there one soaring in space? You know, they, just like a bird? You know, the conspiracy theorists saw that title and they immediately validated their entire life's work. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, dude, that's how you know the Earth is flat. <laughs> they walked <laughs> off the edge. <laughs> that's how they got to the moon. No, but this, the 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 premise of this is just that the impact of the asteroid was just so astronomically massive that it just shot all this debris, all this right. Like basically, it smacked the Earth so hard, yeah. that like they po- it popcorned all I, these I mean, bones and stuff into the moon. I mean, you you say an asteroid hit the Earth, that doesn't really say anything. A lot of people don't really understand how devastating this was. Right, right. Like when you tell me an asteroid hit the Earth, I think of a rock like hitting a car. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like you hear something, but you don't think of the huge impact that it actually, right. you know, strung across the land. So I'm I'm just gonna throw some numbers at you, and I'll explain. I'll try to explain as I go along. So that rock. You can't see, but I'm using quotation yeah, marks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quote. That that rock was approximately 9 to 15 miles in diameter. 9 to 15? That's kind of a big jump. 9 to 15? Well, that's it, kind of a guesstimate, you know. Right, right. That, but, I mean, that's a big guesstimate, 9 to 15. That, that's about the size of Mount Rushmore, just, just to give that a comparison. Ooh, in our atmosphere, it was moving close to 60 times the speed of sound. Holy crap. It's about 20 times faster than your average bullet. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> the faces of dead presidents <laughs> flying faster than you can hear coming to just destroy your world? <laughs> like, literally, your whole existence is about to be 
about to be ruined by and that that's presidents. the thing i mean between one moment and the next you go from a bright sunny day everything's fine and then all of a sudden it is literal apocalypse they're estimating that this asteroid went from the cruising altitude of your average 747 to ground in about 0.3 seconds oh jeez now here's here's the big number on impact it's estimated that this hit with the force of a hundred million megatons. So what what does that even? Those are just numbers to me. So yeah. So let, let me explain. Mega- that, it just sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a WWE wrestling thing. Yeah. And megatons is coming to take you out. So megatonnage is a term used to describe explosive force. Yeah. Um, a TNT equivalent, one megaton. Well, what's what's TNT? I mean, like, it's a stick of dynamite, I get that, but yeah. what's, what would be the number, I guess, or the equivalent? So one megaton would be roughly equivalent to a million metric tons of TNT. Okay. So 100 million times a million. I'm not going to do the math because I don't <laughs> want to embarrass myself. <laughs> but you can't be sitting here telling uh, the science stories. Yeah. If you're messing up on math. So here's just a comparison. The the most powerful bomb that humans have ever created, ever tested, the Sarbomba. Okay? Okay, Sarbomba. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like, dude, there should be a drink called the Sarbomba. W- would you like to hazard a guess as to the megatonnage yield of the Sarbomba? Uh, if, let's see. So so what, what was? What was? Let's... Okay. Hmm... Just ballpark estimate. Ballpark, ballpark. It. I'm gonna say twelve. 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 Twelve megatons. Twelve megatons. Uh, well, it was actually closer to fifty. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh geez. Okay, fifty. Fifty. Fifty point zero. Five zero. Five zero. Five zero. I was going low just to be, you know, a smartass. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're talking about an impact. Five zero. Five zero. So we're talking about an impact event that was 20 million times more powerful than anything so we've ever that, tested. That, I was going to say, that bomb compared to, let's say, what we dropped on Japan. Oh, the, the bombs we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki weren't even a megaton. They were in the kiloton range. So those aren't even megatons. So like that big explosion still doesn't even give you a reference to how big this this yeah. asteroid would be or the other the other missile exactly but basically um when, when we're talking about the fossils on the moon this this asteroid was just so massive that it ignored our atmosphere it just punched a hole straight through our atmosphere and let the vacuum of space rush in for a brief instant and it sucked all this debris which might have included dinosaurs just straight into space Right. So, I mean, it also, it wasn't also just the impact of the uh, asteroid then. It's also because it created a vacuum. Yeah. You know, it helped suck all those out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's just an interesting story. It yeah. is. It's, it's a good one to lead off with, man. Like, uh, We'll, we'll be uh, linking all these stories when we post the, the update here, so you can read these for yourselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because we're going we're gonna to mess it up. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't be quoting me. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm on here spreading lies. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going anonymous on, on you Yes. All. Actually, so there's one that I was reading through that actually kind of made me mad at first. Yeah? 
yeah. one of my stories. Yeah, that that black rhino story. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that was that that was was kind of irritating at first, you know. Yeah, honestly, I was uh, I was surprised. I was surprised. I did not see what was coming, you know. Yeah. I didn't see the turn happening, <laughs> but uh, but I, you know, at the end, I was happy. I was yeah. happy with the story. So, uh, yeah. How about we start? Let's let's get into that. I think that'd be a nice little segue after this dinosaur story. Okay. To talk about uh, another thing that's close to extinction. Right. Right. So, um, just quick background about me. I'm I'm currently in grad school. I, I talked about that a little bit earlier. <laughs> I'm going We're for proud of you. I'm going for my master's in wildlife conservation and management. And okay. my, uh, one of my current classes this term is uh, conservation ecology. Yeah. So uh, one of the the reading materials we had recently was um, from a podcast uh, called Radio Lab, and the title of this episode was "The Rhino Hunter." So the premise of this—I mean, uh, pause you for a second—that just hooked me in right there, like Rhino Hunter. Yeah, like, this mean, sounds like a video <laughs> game I'd play. Well, I probably wouldn't play it. No, you, <laughs> you wouldn't want to be a, a, a poacher. No, probably not. Why not? <laughs> Level up, you know? Get this exotic horn. But, yeah, that, that's basically the premise of the this episode. Um, that we were following a guy who had the winning bid at auction to go to Africa. Oh, yeah, that was also weird. So when, when I first heard about that auction, you know, you're sitting there thinking, like, okay, so it's, this auction is just filled with just high-end, you know, rich people. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that we could never really hope to ever see. Wealth that we can't even imagine, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, of course. I know where this story's going. Endangered species, these people are paying all this money. Yeah, this this guy... You know, for especially a poorer country that could really use the money, you're kind of basically playing hardball with this thing, Mm -hmm. you know? This guy paid, like... 300 plus grand to go to namibia africa to hunt a black rhino and you know as soon as i heard that i had this immediate negative gut reaction i'm like what why why would you do that exactly why why do you want just something to not exist anymore whatsoever that's the thing they want this to exist they want the black rhino to continue to live and that that's what's so contentious about this this is what's this is the part of conservation that a lot of people don't want to talk about. So here, here's the thing um, about black rhinos. Yeah. As, as they get older, the, as males get older, they become increasingly aggressive and violent towards other members of their species. Is it like, like almost like, a, like their brain just kind of rots in that type of way? No, they, they just become territorial, So kind of. Why, though? Like, because do they know why? I'm, like, I'm not sure they know is exactly. Is it an overload why. of testosterone? Like it, too much testosterone over the years? Or it, it could be, but that, that's that's kind of shared amongst other species. As males get older, they become more territorial, and you know that's usually fine. But in the case of rhinos, I mean, there's a lot of anger and aggression behind a rhino well, when it wants right. to be, and they can't see. <laughs> right. So. God forbid it might not even know that Susan, his wife. He might just knife her up with his nose just because he can. Well, yeah. they they were telling us in the podcast um, 
they went to Namibia and they came to a spot where there were just rhino bones all over the place. Yeah. And the story was that there was a younger pair there, uh, a young male, a young female, and an older bull came along, challenged and killed the younger male, and then tried to mate with the female. But she was too immature to mate yet, but he just kept forcing and forcing himself on her until she died. So that's one rhino that killed two members of its species. So in those kinds of situations, from a conservation standpoint, the government offers up those problem individuals to be removed. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's a very, very unique and out-of-the-box way of thinking to solve two problems. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not only are you getting rid of this amped-up rhino near the end of his life who's trying to flex on everything and humping things to death and stabbing them with his <laughs> nose, you know? which is the way I want to go out. Well, of course. You know, I want a rhino humping me to death. That just sounds good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, you, you do you, brother. Hey, hey, I like what I like. I ain't going to hide it. <laughs> 20 bucks is 20 bucks, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but oh, it, I'm cheap, too. Yeah. It, it's not just rhinos. I mean, Namibia opened up and legalized all big game hunting. So they, they were telling a story about somebody else they met uh, who was hunting a water buck, which is like a, a big kind of antelope type animal. Okay. And, I mean, people pay top dollars to go here, and all that money goes yeah. back into the conservation Right, like, like they're basically paying tax dollars. Exactly. You know? and I mean, it, it's not like they just opened the borders and said, okay, guys, go nuts. It, this is strictly regulated and controlled. I mean, they're, they're maybe offering up one or two of these black rhinos per year. Right, right. Whichever and, ones are finally old enough to go crazy. And They're I'm, not just willy-nilly shooting black rhinos. And as controversial as it sounds... Are they it, tagged? Is that how they know which ones to shoot? Yeah, they're probably tagged. Yeah. As controversial as it sounds, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Since, in the few years since this has been... in. Uh, initiated wildlife populations and public lands have increased by like 80 percent black rhinos in particular have increased by like almost 30 percent so it works and that that's the thing about conservation I mean there's no one right answer and the answer you have might not be the answer somebody else has well that's life man you I mean, know what they, I mean you got to look at something and go if me and you were both trying to get to the same end goal, mm -hmm. this is where this is where people have trouble understanding. Right. Well, if they're, they're both ha going after the same end goal, then the route you're going to get it really doesn't matter. Because I'm not going to be able to convince you otherwise because we're going for the same end goal. And exactly. you just believe this is the best and easiest way to it. Well, they, they were talking to uh, Richard Leakey. He's a well-known... Um, anthropologist, conservationist, and to him, this idea is just abhorrent. And um, this is an exact quote. I apologize for language, but he equates this to a father allowing his daughter to be raped in order to pay for her school bills. So he was talking about a situation he was in. He's uh, very big in into the African elephant conservation. So yeah, but I mean, letting your daughter—that's a little far. Well, that's a little different. That, that just shows how much he doesn't like this. 
But years years ago, he was in a situation where his foundation. Oh, okay. So that okay, I I misread that. I thought you you were mentioning that he said that quote in a way to like defend what was happening. No, no, no. Like no, no, he no. would agree to let his daughter. You no, know. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, he's <laughs> okay. He's a much nicer guy than what I thought <laughs> he was. But years ago, uh, Richard Leakey's foundation seized the largest collection of poached ivory in history, in recorded history, and he had the opportunity, he could sell all this ivory and raise X amount of millions of dollars that he could put back into his foundation. Instead, he just put them in a pile and set them on fire. On fire? On fire. Well, what good does that do to anything? Well, he... Then the, the, the thing is, elephants that died for those, you could have taken what was left of them and actually flipped it to good. So at least a couple good decisions came from a bad action. But he did this in such a public fashion. This garnered worldwide news. And because of this and some of his other efforts, I mean, African elephants went from losing three to 4,000 members per year to, like, 60. I mean, that's good. That's good. I mean, you might not agree with the methods, but the results speak for themselves. I mean, he just... He says something on fire, and it ended up working. Good for you. But I, I would not solve most of my life situations by burning it. <laughs> and honestly, if I was an elephant, and I was like, you just burnt my tusk, bro. I laid my life down for you to have this ivory, and you ain't even going to make me a piano? Oh, you son of a bitch. I don't think they use ivory and pianos anymore. For the keys, they used to. They used to. I don't think yeah, they do anymore. Dude, but if they did, that'd be a pimp. <laughs> Come on, dude. If you got... I'm sorry, but that's just nice. Yeah. You, you ever seen ivory? It's nice. No wonder why they wanted to poach it. It's wrong to poach it. It is wrong to poach it. It's wrong to poach it, and we shouldn't use it. But if there is an item already made with it, and we can't go back and save that elephant, those items are very nice. Well, if the money goes to conservation, if it's just like some seedy guy selling it at a roadside. Right, right. Stop. I mean, honestly, like, if an elephant probably passes away naturally, there's no reason you couldn't use the ivory, I'd assume. Well, I mean... And that's one way to go, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. No. But that's just the thing about conservation. There's no one answer, and, you know, the answer you have might not you know, be the answer somebody well, else there is, has. Well, there is one answer. Well, there's, there's one answer. It's to make more of these animals. Well, yeah, the, it's, the, it's to save the population. Right. But there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Exactly, yeah. That, that's yeah. what it boils down to. And just because someone's doing something opposite the way you would – you know, like I said, we opened it earlier. Yeah. You know, people, if you're having the same end goal, then really how you're going about it isn't quite as big. No. I mean, as long as you're not like, as long as it's still achieving the same end goal. Yeah, a lot of people probably thought that Richard Leakey was just absolutely crazy to, oh, yeah. to do this. Well, dude, any any new idea or thought or anything like that where you're trying to change society or really what you're trying to change is comfort. You're trying to change the comfort of people feeling about something. Yeah. And when you do that, people do not like it. I mean, geez. If you challenge people's beliefs, they you have a very negative reaction. Well, exactly. But those people, like, that's why it's hard. Because if you're going to change someone's mind, you really can't challenge their beliefs. And why yeah. would you want to? Because even if you achieved achieved uh, making them not believe in those in those things anymore, you're just going to break the person. Exactly. Because now they're going to have no beliefs and, and just feel awful. Well, that's cognitive dissonance. Right. That's why, like, you just can't – the only thing you can do is plant a seed. 
Just be you, be nice, show the way you live, and and hopefully they follow through your actions, you know? Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so to get off of this, you want to talk about hitting goals in a different way. Did you see that OnlyFans story I sent you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay, okay. Can you pull that up real quick to to see your name? Because this girl really interests me. Really interests me. Okay, I'm I'm just going to read the title here. Yeah. Uh, Christian OnlyFans model who earns 150K a month. A month. A month. 150K a month. (laughs) Says her religion won't hold her back. Well, no. Why would it? Why would it? Who doesn't like little Christian girls? You know what I mean? So this is... um, They have always had sexy little outfits. (laughs) This is Lindsay Capuano, uh, 22. She grew up in Catholic school. I don't even think she gets fully nude. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I think she just, like, it's a promoting thing, like, through her Instagram or something, and then they pay for, like, tight pants pictures. Yeah, she just gets, like, half naked in, like, a bikini or something. Yeah. I don't think it's, like, actual nude. But, I mean, like, this could definitely be another way for her to help her religion. It says she makes one hundred fifty to $200,000 a month. Think about all the good she can do with that money, too. You know, and if you're not getting fully nude, what's what's the problem here? You know, you're made after God's image. Why can't we pay you to look at God? You well, know? here's the the really twisted part here. I, I say twisted. It, it's just weird to me. I mean, yeah. But um, okay, I'm just reading from the story. Even with the dramatic career change, Lindsay says her parents, who are also Christian, have always been supportive of whatever she chooses to do. Yeah. Yeah, like her, like her parents are backing her only and taking pictures with her. Which, okay, first off, I guess there's nothing wrong with having one. I don't think that. I think you do you. Yeah. Um, actually, a lot of those laws really confuse me. We've talked about that. I don't understand how how you uh, how I can take a girl out for dinner. I can pay for all the food and everything, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We go back. We have relations. It's it's good, right? Yeah. But if I hand her money to have relations, that's illegal. Mm, not in Las Vegas. No, no, but in most places, in most places. We here at the lunch table do not promote prostitution. Well, Texas, I think it's legal, too. Don't they have bunny ranges or something? I don't know. That's something to look into. All right. Hey, we'll go to Texas. For research purposes. <laughs> research purposes only. Uh, <clears throat> but my thing is, like, if I hand her money to have relations, it's illegal, right? Right. But if I pay them to have relations and I film it, it's legal. I mean, yeah. So it's only legal if the government can see it if you're going to pay for it. And that's kind of a loophole there. <laughs> right, you got to share it with everybody. <laughs> if, if you pay her to have sex, then that's prostitution. But if you film it, it's pornography. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you share it, if, if you're willing to share it, you can stay. Well, you like it, bud. Yeah. But if you're paying and you're keeping it to yourself, we're locking you up. It's just part of the crazy world we live in. So, like... Like, and I understand, like, if you're going through that, I don't want your parents to hate you. But I think it's a whole nother thing to do something a little risque like that and your parents, like, 
are they taking pictures and stuff for? It, it didn't say. I, I would hope that her parents are not actually doing the photo shoots with her. Right. Like, because that's where I think the line would be crossed. I mean, you but know. then again, dude, 150K? I mean, kudos to her for not letting her religion getting in the way of, you know, making money. And, you know, this, this seems like it's a legitimate business to her. But... Well, and I like the idea when someone follows their faith that they don't just let someone else tell them how their faith should be followed right if, if you understand yeah. what i'm saying like because people could be wrong people could very well be wrong or manipulate a situation for them to look better you know mm -hmm. so like i i totally agree and honestly honestly i don't think she has anything i don't think she's doing anything wrong i don't think she is either it was just interesting it was just shocking when, when, to read that. right when you see christian only fans it kind of grabs your attention it's just like a, a brief brain shock it's like did i read that right i would like to look because i've looked before at the girls who make the most money off of that and a lot of girls that make a good amount of money off of only fans don't get fully naked yeah it's something you know it's usually like I, I don't know why or how that works but it's almost like they got a better instagram following <laughs> which then leads to their only fans right. being expensive well i, I don't know I, I can't say that I've really I really have an, an OnlyFans. I don't think people would pay to see me. So, <laughs> well, you know, they said you could use it for other things. I guess. I mean, really, I, I don't see why you couldn't. Probably. But I don't see anyone paying for anything other than that on that website. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's kind of like honestly, it's turned into Twitter. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, almost. Like Twitter. Well, I mean, I guess Twitter's turning into it, but Twitter is getting pretty bad. No, Twitter was always kind of bad. Oh, like, you turn it on, that thing's just, like, straight porn. I oh, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, <clears throat> I don't understand that. Um, yeah, so, let's get off this porn subject, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I Wait, mean, so, what else we got? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Let's, what were a couple of the other stories you sent in? Um... Here's an interesting one about that politician, if you want to look that up. We'll get into uh, oh, yeah. into the politics that I like. Here's here's the type of politics that I can get down with, I guess. Okay, so here it is. Let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Okay, so here's the title of this story. The man third in line of presidential succession has been in five Batman movies. Five Batman movies. He is the king, dude. So this is Senator Patrick Leahy. <laughs> uh, he's a, a Democrat from Vermont. Oh, dang. Okay, he's, from Vermont. He's the longest-serving member of the current Senate. And the dude's been in five Batman movies. <laughs> yes. He's been in five Batman movies. Five Batman movies. Right. He's, um, let me see. I gotta dude. go through this. What, what parts did he have? Like, little parts, do you think? Does it say? Um... Well, I gotta read through this, but um, yeah, dude. Basically, so he was born one year after Batman's first appearance in DC Comics in 1939. 1939. Batman's that old, huh? Batman is that old. And he was supposed to be a one-off character for anyone who doesn't know that Batman was uh, uh, an enemy, actually, wasn't he? Oh no, no, he wasn't. He came in as a detective real quick. He yeah, he came in as a detective. I'm, I'm not real up on my uh, no. But I know he was supposed to be a one-shot character. I think you're right, yeah. Kind of like Wolverine. Wolverine was supposed to be a one-shot character, too. It's funny how uh, 
how those things stay around. But uh, Leahy first discovered Batman at age four when he got his first library card. and So he, Batman was five. Yeah, Batman was five. And so, he, he just followed Batman through the years. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I totally understand. You know, it's like uh, a couple football teams came out when I was younger, and it's hard not to follow them just because they were something new when you were young. You know, so you just want to see how they're doing. Right. You know, they're basically you're judging your life off of how well they're doing. Like, well, they're exactly. the same age as me. Have they won a Super Bowl yet? But in 1996, Leahy actually collaborated with DC Comics to create Batman: Death of Innocence, the Horror of Landmines. This is a is a graphic novel warning about the danger of landmines. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I didn't get that from the, from the title. Yeah, if the that's, <laughs> that's great titling, you know. Do you think they have foreshadowing in it? Like someone slipping on a pancake? <laughs> mm, probably. <laughs> so his first uh, screen appearance came in Batman Forever in 1995, which was an awful, awful movie. Oh, yeah. That's the one with the bat nips? That was the one with the Batman nipples. <laughs> Batman. Wreck nips. Uh, the same year, he voiced a character in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, voice character. Which voice character does it say? Because uh, the Batman Animated Series, that's where uh, Harley Quinn cut her start. Exactly. Uh, it just says uh, character build as territorial. Hey, Mr. J. Government. Sorry. Uh, it just says uh, he voiced a character that was billed as uh, territorial governor. Oh, okay. So, like, 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 probably a one one liner or two. Yeah, not even like a, a named character. That's counted as part of his five movies. Mm-hmm. Oh well, that's kind of I don't know. Um, Come on, bro, are you really gonna count that? So he's also appeared in Batman and Robin, and he was Batman and Robin. That's one with George Clooney. Yeah. Uh, George Clooney and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze, I used yeah. to meet you or he, something, right? He actually had his first start in uh, the animated series, too. Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, the uh, Mr. Freeze character. Oh, the Mr. Freeze. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, dang. And he's a pretty good character, dude. Yeah, his he is. His wife's dying. He's yeah. like the sympathetic villain. Yeah, the, yeah, The one yeah, you kind of yeah. root for, but at the same time, you want him to... Kind of like the Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, like... He believes what he's doing is really meant to help someone else or others. Because, like, Thanos, what he was doing wasn't because he was evil. He honestly thought it was for the better of the universe. Well, I should point out that in the source material, Thanos' original inspiration was just to bang death. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And then he gets mad at uh, Deadpool. Um, he's also had a cameo appearance as Senator Purrington in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Oh dang, okay. Dawn of Justice. It was which one's that? That's That uh, was uh the second one in the DCEU lineup. Okay, yeah. That was after Man of Steel. That was after Man that's where Batman gets his suit to fight him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and then they yell Martha Well, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean Martha? Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> Martha but his most notable cameo is in 2008's The Dark Knight when he confronts Heath Ledger's Joker and famously tells the villain that he's not intimidated by thugs. Oh, I remember that, that guy. That, that's the scene where Heath Ledger grabs him and holds a knife up to his face. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and they had to give him that tough quote, you know, because he's a senator and a politician. He wouldn't be scared. Right. Bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's some bullcrap, dude. Well, you know maybe. that guy would have been shaking in his boots. Maybe. A little pee running down his leg. A little puddle under his shoe. I mean. He'd slip and fall when he went to run, you know. <laughs> I mean, I remember that scene. That was very brilliant acting. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think someone in that moment, dude, some crazy dude with scars that make him smile, puts a knife up to you, and you're like, thugs don't intimidate me. He ain't no thug, dude. If he's, <laughs> Yeah, I, I probably would have, at the very least, kept my mouth shut. Right. <laughs> you're just making the problem worse here. <laughs> but it, it's interesting that he's, he's just been so prolific in Batman. I mean, he followed it his entire life. He collaborated with the actual comics, and he's just appeared in so many of the films. Hey, it's funny how, like, he's got so involved with it. He has declined to uh, have a role featured in the upcoming film, The Batman, with Robert Pattinson. Uh, is that good or bad? Uh, well, so uh, far, the movies that he's been in have not been home runs. You. Uh, what do you mean? Who? The the councilman. So maybe it will actually be the, the senator? senator. So oh. maybe it will actually be a good movie because he's in the Batnips movie. <laughs> he's in Batman and Robin, which is like, uh, like yeah, Freeze is okay, but dude, you go back and watch it. It's very campy. What, or is that Batman Forever? Um, no, that's Batman and Robin. Okay, what's Batman Forever? Is that I, uh, Prince or Ivy and 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 no, uh, that's ba that's Batman and Robin. To um, Batman Forever, I think, is with um, Freeze. No, it's with the Riddler. Um, yeah, the Riddler's with Poison Ivy. No, that's still Batman and Robin. Uh, Poison Ivy was with Mister Freeze. Was she? Yeah, she was. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're <laughs> right. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I guess well, someone will correct us if we're wrong. I mean, you know, we'll definitely get some comments. Speaking to, They'll let us know. Speaking to the upcoming uh, the Batman movie. Um, cautiously optimistic i mean uh, the trailer looks pretty decent well did they ever say why like ben affleck ended up dropping out or whatever i don't recall off the top of my head honestly yeah yeah i don't either i don't either um I, he was he was originally like director producer actor and then he just started stepping out of these roles one by one and then he just wasn't involved at all oh yeah well like I think it had something to do with the directing. He saw the way that the studio was dealing with the directors, and he knew pretty much that was going to be uh, a poopy decision either way. It could have been, yeah. You know, a poopy decision either way. Uh -huh. um, talking talking about, uh, let's go back to this whole space thing that we were talking about earlier, dinosaurs okay. in space. Because you sent another another space thing about Jupiter, right? I, I talked about it briefly when I was yeah, yeah, back the, and forth. Yeah, yeah, the moon, right? Yeah, uh, Jupiter's moon, Europa. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, let's touch on that because that's that's pretty interesting. Well, um, so years ago when I was still an undergrad, I did a brief uh, project on Europa, which is one of Jupiter's moons. So basically Europa is it's thought to be an ice moon. Okay, like solid ice? Well, that's the thing. It could be solid ice, but there are theories that it's just an ice shell and underneath is liquid now how liquid deep, water okay so when they say ice shell like how thick of a shell do they mean like the crust of the earth thick uh could be could be from 
a few dozen feet to like 50, 60 miles, I think it was. Okay, so these people are kind of guesstimating, you know. Why do they think there's water underneath, did they ever say? Well, it's just a theory. I mean, just based on what we know of Europa so far, which honestly isn't much. We were supposed to have, um, I think, a probe going that direction in the next couple years. Okay, well, how many moons does Jupiter even have? Uh, I don't, I'd have to look that up. (laughs) There's a lot, doesn't it? I mean, the thing's pretty massive. Uh, so. Ju- Jupiter and Saturn, yeah, have a lot of moons. You know, it's it's definitely getting a lot of attention from the asteroids. You know. Um, I can tell you real quick. Does Jupiter have? Jupiter currently has seventy nine known satellites. Seventy nine known satellites. Yes. We've been, <laughs> we've been, geez, studying it that long. Well. And it, it it's gas, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, the first of the gas giants after yeah, the the first of the gas giants. Yeah, what's, e- what's the other gas giant? Well, everything after the the asteroid belt's a gas planet, except for Pluto. Really? Yeah, I so, did not know that. So all the planets after that are are gas. Jesus. Yeah, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, do you think they knew that was going to be a thing when they named it? Years well, ago. it's named after the Greek god Uranus, which yes. is one of the the god of sky. Right, right. But what I'm saying is Uranus. Come on, Uranus <laughs> is in there. But basically, they're they're thinking that if there is liquid water, there's a good chance that it's warm because of the tidal pulling from Jupiter. Basically, as it uh, as it orbits Jupiter, it's just pulled <clears throat> in different directions, and it's it's tidal heated. So oh, it, this could be a potential source of life in our solar system, aside from Earth. So, like, there could be alien fish on there. There could be. Like Blinky from uh, uh, The Simpsons. Yeah. There you could know, be. the three-eyed fish. Mm-hmm. Man, there could, be, there could be dinosaurs that got blown from Earth from that asteroid all the way up there. There, there could be dinosaurs that are past the Milky Way at this point. Well, <laughs> I'm assuming if they got into space, there's no friction, so they're going to keep that. Yeah. You know, momentum, whatever they entered with, just flying through space. Could you imagine being an alien going back to your water moon? <laughs> you know, and just like some T Rex bone just comes flying through your spaceship out of nowhere. You have like a whole Triceratops face plant on the windshield. <laughs> All right. Trying to get it off with the. <laughs> trying to get it off with the. Houston, wipers. we got a problem. <laughs> Do you think that's what took out Apollo? Oh. <laughs> I don't like to talk about Apollo. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just interesting to think that somewhere in our own solar system, there's another source of life aside well, from our planet. Not just that, but now that we know that there's all these things floating out in space, because there could be even more things that we could learn about our ancient history the yeah. further we get into space because of where it could have landed. Yeah. Which is, which I mean, just really pushes the idea of why we need to get space exploration up and going mm-hmm. and from what i read they it's it's almost more plausible to be out in space than you know go to the deepest of oceans well currently we know more about space than we do what's on our ocean floors which i find a terrifying prospect just to just ask me Oh, yeah. Well, like, it's like we're not even done studying or fixing stuff here, and we're already opening new projects, you know? Oh. It's, it's like dealing with me sometimes and my ADD when I start <laughs> 20 different things before finishing something. No, could be. You know, so, 
Like, I, I I feel like we almost need to pick a lane and stay in it to a point here. Well, we're just we're just chatting about stuff that interests us. Oh, no, not us. I mean the scientists. Oh, oh, yeah, I yeah. don't care about it. We're talking on a show here. <laughs> you know, our, our job ain't that important. We ain't trying to figure out the, yeah. the questions of the universe here. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it really, it really makes you wonder. Uh, like what all could be on the bottom of the sea. I try not to think about that. Oh, dude, some dangerous freaking creatures, some freaky creatures live under there, dude. Yeah. Like every time we go deeper and deeper, they find the craziest of things. Yeah, that's why, actually, have you ever seen The Meg? No. That's, uh, so basically, uh, spoilers, I'm going to talk about this. Uh If you haven't seen The Meg, go ahead and tune this out. Warning. Spoilers. (laughs) Warning. Basically, um, in the Meg, it opens with this uh, deep-sea exploration, and they hypothesize that at the bottom of this ocean, it's not actually the bottom. It's just a layer of gas that's keeping two separate parts of the ocean apart. And they go down, and they find this whole other world. So are you basically saying, like, those gases holding the water back so it's like a... There's, like, air in everything. No, no. Like, it, dry? Well, like, these gases are keeping the temperature between these these layers at, like, such such low temperatures, below freezing, that nothing could survive trying to pass through it. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. So they go down, and they actually find that there are living megalodon, giant sharks. Yeah. And that, that's Which a whole... Which blue whales are bigger, then? No, they're they're bigger. No, no. From what I just read, there was something saying that the blue whale is the biggest mammal or the biggest uh, creature to ever live. Maybe I'd have like to mass and everything. Yeah, I just know that megalodon used to hunt whales. Right, like, right. Well, a killer whale is much smaller than a blue whale. That's true, but um, yeah, that that was the whole premise of the movie. They went down, and when they came up, they accidentally created a pocket of warm warm space that allowed a couple of these megalodons to follow them up and it's it's kind of a cheesy movie but you know with what we don't know about what's at the bottom of the at the bottom of the ocean that could actually be a possibility well look how crazy the coral reef is yeah i mean not only will that thing shred you like razor blades Mm -hmm. you know just swimming over a coral looks pretty but it'll mess you up but all the things that even deal and live on it is just insane how they all coincide with each other. Yeah. You know? It's it's also nuts when you see, like, a crab come out of nowhere and just, like, grab a fish. And, like, the rest of the fish kind of move over a little bit, but not that far. Like, oh, Fred got caught. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. All right. Yeah. On to our food. I like animals, but fish are just swimming nervous systems. Oh, well, fish and chickens, man. Chickens are another one. Uh, I'll give you that. I like chickens, but man, are they annoying. <laughs> like a rooster? I don't think anyone feels bad once you have a rooster. It's kind of easy to, you know, pull the trigger on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't do that just in the morning. They do that all the time. Yeah, they do. And then they'll become buttholes with their little claw on the back and come at you. Yeah, I've had roosters chase me. I've, I've had to just like step into them and push them away oh but. dude sometimes you gotta kick them yeah like they are mean they are mean dude i, I tried not to but yeah sometimes you it's kind of like a cow you know all these people don't want to eat meat but it's like 
Have you ever raised cattle? I was kicked by a cow once. Oh, dude, man. Cows. I was, I, I was helping my grandpa years and years ago. I, I don't think I was even in the double digits age-wise. <laughs> but I was helping my grandpa, and I got... I, I just got like way too close to this cow and whatever whatever <laughs> you my gr- spooked Betsy huh whatever my grandpa was doing this cow kicked out with his foot and it caught me right in my knee oh right in your kneecap right in my kneecap oh uh, I'm surprised he didn't break it oh that's probably why you walk funky now it could be yeah. I, I do have a lot of problems with that knee dude that you could adore something <laughs> <laughs> that thing I got kicked by a horse once. My uncle, uh, uh, he was like a uncle through marriage, so we didn't go over there all the time. But he had a huge horse farm, and me, we would always go over there feed horses and whatever. And I always hated taking care of horses because, unlike dogs, like dogs, you know they appreciate you. You know they get all happy, they come, they're barking, they're all. Happy. It's like oh cool. With a horse, they just kind of stare at you all dead like, like <laughs> yeah, clean my poop. And like, dude, you got to clean that with the shovel. <laughs> You're shoveling that stuff out. I have some uh, friends of my sister, I think, would disagree with you, but yeah. Oh, dude, a lot of horse people do. They're like, <laughs> they all say the same stuff. Like, oh, no, you'll really connect with them. Well, blah, blah, blah. well maybe you do. But I'll tell you what, I've, none of them were mine and I had to take care of them. So I, I grew disdain for these horses because I always had to do horsey <laughs> chores. Right, well, the one day... <clears throat> I was I was out in the pasture messing with the horse, doing something, I think, getting feed or something out there for him, putting hay out there. And I got behind this one horse, and I spooked it, and it, think, it kicked me right in the chest. And, dude, I flew off my feet, dude. I, I had to be, like, 10. Flew off my feet, just one flying. Thing almost hit me in the jaw. I was like, holy, never again. I was like, never again will I be behind a horse, dude. Yeah, that's rough, man. Oh, dude, it's insane when you're not ready for it, and they just buck up like that. Then that's when you really want to go and, like, okay, I'm ending you now, horse. <laughs> Off to the glue factory. <laughs> right, right. You want to become dog food? This is a quick way to it. <laughs> that's dark. Oh, dude, it's evil. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. Oh, all right. So. We still got some time left. Yeah, we do. We got a little bit of time left that we can kill here. Um, so we talked about space, mm-hmm. talked about dinosaurs, we talked about porn, we talked about uh, DC Comics, we talked about OnlyFans. Yeah. What else do we have left to talk about? Well, um, you, you remember that video I sent you a little while ago? It was the uh, psychology of Joker. Oh. Oh, you want to get back on Batman real quick? Yeah, yeah actually, yeah, actually, quick. this is going to hit multiple stuff because uh, definitely psychology. I mean, and we already kind of talked a little bit about psychology when we were talking about uh, different control methods mm-hmm. for, uh, oh, endangered animals. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, no, actually, that's good. Yeah, yeah, so start us off there, Sparky. So uh, this was a, a video I found a number of years ago. I dug it up. Because you know CJ was, yeah. Talk, CJ was talking to me about like sending him interesting things to talk about. So I thought this would be something fun to touch base on. But um, definitely check it out. It's like a nine ten minute video. Yeah, it, actually, really in depth stuff. Do you have his name? Do you, do you have the YouTuber's name? And also, what's what was the YouTubers about the black rhino too? 
Uh, that the was, podcast. Uh, it was the podcast. Um, it was called the Radio Lab. Oh, yeah, the Radio yeah, Lab. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to post everything when we do the updates. Right, so. right. I just want to give them guys credit. They, yeah. they did the research on that one. We're just talking about it. Yeah, so let's see if I can get this. Yeah, no problem. But so when it comes to Batman, I've always been a huge Batman fan. And Joker's always been one of the most interesting characters to me in fiction. Oh, absolutely. Just in fiction. Oops, sorry. Oh, it's okay. But just in fiction in general. Um, very, very interesting character. Especially because he doesn't want anything but chaos. He, he, like, he doesn't even want money as much as like it seems like he just wants everyone to be like him. Exactly. That, that's kind of the point of the Joker. So, first of all, Joker and Bruce Wayne act as foils to each other. Yeah, like complete opposites. Yeah, so, I mean... Start... Well, not complete opposites. Almost like the same side of the coin. Exactly. Yeah. S starting out... They're they... more similar than... Yeah, than yeah. They, they want to give credit to. Right, right, than, than not, right. So, starting out, both of these characters have deep roots in trauma. I mean, you're talking about Bruce Wayne. He saw both of his parents gunned down in a senseless act of violence when he was, like, eight, nine years old. Yeah. And Joker, just uh, following along with the, the story from The Killing Joke, again, spoilers... Yeah, spoilers. It, it's been out 30-plus years, I think, so, but whatever. Well, and then they did the movie remake. Yeah. It's been out so long, they remade it. I'm sorry, but if they remade it, <laughs> it's too late. Like, the spoilers. But from the Killing Joke story, um, he was a failed comic who lost his wife and unborn child in the same day, and he was set up by the mob to be a patsy, to take the blame for a crime that they were trying to commit. Because he was a failed comedian, right? And he started doing side gigs. Well, or, not necessarily or... that, but he was approached by these two people who were later in the mob. Okay. And they wanted to do a big score, but they needed his, his help to, to guide them through the plant he used to work. Oh, okay, and I see. It, it turned out to, it, it failed spectacularly. And yeah, awful. It, it led to a confrontation with Batman. And yeah, that's always where you want. When I make a plan, especially in the Dark Knight universe, I wanted to end with Batman there. Yeah. Yeah, to kick my butt. But, and when he tried to take off the helmet to be like, no, no, I'm, I'm innocent. I'm not a criminal. He just tripped and fell into the vat of bat, the, the chemicals. Yeah, you know? which, which bleached his skin. That's what made him white and his hair green and his lips red. So both of these characters are have very traumatic right. origins. And, right, Batman, his parents got shot in front of him but, because of Joe Cool robbing his, his mom of pearls. and yeah. Or it was a hit. There's, there's a couple of different explanations. Yeah, it's a big universe. Yeah. <laughs> but um, whereas Bruce, as Batman, fights to uphold truth and justice <clears throat> and to maintain a sense of morality, Joker basically doesn't believe in morality he to him right and wrong are abstract human constructs yeah 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 there's society struct there's societal structures that we made so we could live peacefully yeah together to not so much that this is the way nature intends us to live more of this is how we all just agree to get along right and that's what makes him laugh because there really is no rules to it it's yeah, just us being cordial He's the, the peak nihilist. Nothing yeah. nothing matters, so go nuts, do whatever you want. Right. And, you know, part of the story of The Killing Joke was he tried to show everybody that he's not really that unique. So, 
Um, he, so again, spoilers, I apologize for that. Um, basically, the story was he showed up at the Gordon's house. Uh, he shoots Barbara Gordon through the spine. Yeah. Kidnaps her father, Jim. Yep. Commissioner Jim Gordon. Yeah, Commissioner Jim Gordon. And he takes him to this rundown amusement park and he tortures him physically and psychologically to try to show him that just one bad day that's all it takes that that's his that's the joker's mantra just one bad day that's all it takes for you to to give up on your beliefs and and your ideals and yeah yeah i mean he failed but i mean i mean he's not wrong he he isn't wrong the the thing is you know good things take a long time to happen you got to build towards greatness and, and good things and bad things happen in a second. If yeah. you ever like car wrecks or, or anything like that, it just happens in a flash. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I think it's it's honest. Like Batman, look at him. He has to work hard, do all this, prepare all that, yada yada, and he still comes close to failing every time. Right. Joker, more kind of. I mean, he plans stuff out, but he plays a lot oh, of yeah. it. He plays a lot of it on a whim too. I mean, it, it's kind of a cop out just to say that Joker's just insane. Right, because, because he's not. No, he he's not. Clinically speaking, he's sane. He just, just the way he sees the world is just radically different, different than what right? what most people would see it as. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, he he basically there's there's nature, mm-hmm. and there's society. Yeah, nature doesn't care about your feelings or if you kill something to survive or if you hurt something. You know, like if a bear went and it didn't kill a deer and snapped its leg, it's not like something's coming to arrest the bear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that's exactly. nature. And that's the way I think he kind of views life. Yeah. Where he laughs because here you are, these people with going, stressing yourself over work or stressing yourself over these little things in society that don't matter or your stature or things like that. Because when it comes down to it, even the idea of money it's the idea of money you know that's just a belief system anymore yeah i mean that that was really on point with um his character when in the uh the dark knight when heath ledger sets that money on fire his half yeah yeah he didn't set their half on fire just his (laughs) half and then it just leaked over there yeah yeah to him it's not about money it's about sending the principles yeah it's the principles i'm going to change your philosophy yeah. I want to change your ideals. I want to. I want to make you look at the world as twisted as I do. Yeah. If you haven't read The Killing Joke, I highly recommend it. Um, if you want to watch the movie, uh, it came out a couple years ago. I would suggest skipping the first half-ish. Yeah, there's a real confusing part in the first half that don't really matter, and they basically added that on just to make like an yeah, hour it, running it's, time. It's an original content storyline with um, Batgirl and some random random dude and they they just put it in to stretch out the runtime yeah much yeah, i mean kind of like we do with our odd and end stories yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly so, so we can't you know we can't talk no crap but um we're we're honestly really oversimplifying this but i would i no. would recommend oh. seeing the seeing this video honestly another good uh Another good thing to look into if if you really like the idea of psychology or people playing different characters Mick Foley was a wrestler. Um, he played three different characters. He played Cactus Jack, Dude Love, and Mankind. Dude Love was a hippie. Mankind was a monster that wore a mask and was, like, crazy. And then you had Cactus Jack, who was just, like, a hardcore kind of 
bang bang kind of normal dude like more him is this like a, a real person yeah this is a, his name's mick foley okay okay uh i didn't know if you were still talking on comics no 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 <laughs> this is a real guy from wwe okay wwf at the time i guess actually he's wrestled in many different things ecw wcw but uh the thing that was real interesting was these characters that he had were not made once he was in wrestling you know, like a lot of people build a character for wrestling because it's it's a stage performance. That's why in like Japan, they actually don't even cheer during the show because it's it's to them it's a play. So they're completely quiet as everyone wrestles and does their stuff. Then at the end, they'll applaud. Okay. Because it to them it's a play. That's really all it is. It's supposed to be like a stage play of fighting. Well, anyways, this is back in the Attitude Era. He uh. Those characters he actually made up when he was in high school. And he used to use those characters uh, for certain things when he didn't feel like he was good enough. Like, dude, love, he would always like to act like him when he went out the the maybe hit on girls because he wasn't confident. So he would fall into this character, you know, and he talked about how it really confused him later in life and stuff. It's really amazing. He has several books out and things like that. So if you're, you're into psychology, man. That's that's a really good one to look up. I mean, we might even have to do uh, a story about him once, just because. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. It's it's just interesting, you know. The have first off, wrestling is just a weird thing to begin with. <laughs> like, who gets into it and how? And like, it was built by these older guys who refused to let anybody into the business because they wanted to make sure no one knew it was fake. Where like Terry, uh, uh, Terry Hogan or whatever I think is his real name, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, when he first learned, when he, when he first went to school for wrestling, they broke his arm. They purposely broke his arm, right? Because they didn't want him there. And he came back and they're like, okay, okay. You, you have enough guts to keep the secret, you know, because at that point no one knew it was fake. So they didn't just let anybody in. They would like break people's limbs and stuff, uh, just to try to deter you and like, back then it wasn't as fake either like they would really punch each other in the ring and stuff if they were mad at each other they called them potatoes that's you've really thrown a punch and stuff or like uh yeah dude it's just crazy andre the giant too they would talk about like don't make him mad because he could physically beat you up in the ring no matter how big you were because he's a giant and they're like he would he would yeah. it didn't matter if he was supposed to lose even if he was supposed to lose for like 20 minutes you were getting beat up then he'll lay down for you to pin him <laughs> you know but he, he was manhandling you I bet, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, all those, it's just interesting. Yeah. Just just Joker psychology, I've always really loved to analyze that, and I think that's the best thing about stories and books and, and even the science that we look up. I like things that try to push your, your level of thought and maybe get you outside your own comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. You know, to your own beliefs and, and things like that. But, huh, okay about out of time yeah i think honestly i think we're about running out okay so i mean thanks for stopping matt yeah of course it's always fun thanks for listening everybody um hopefully you have a wonderful day thanks for stopping it's not that much fun here all right you guys have been listening to the lunch table with cj and sparky all right have a good day that goes my my radio dj voice <laughs>